Photosynthesis was an energy bonanza for early single cell life that helped spark a biological revolution. Evolution and the extinction of dinosaurs helped the big forms of life develop that would eventually lead to humanity. How did we get here? Where did the universe come from? What is the universe even? Hello and welcome to The Things That Matters, a podcast series from this world. My name is Dave and today we are going to discuss about the same topics what we have been discussing in the last two weeks. We were in search of the stardust and the process is so good. In the last episode we have seen how the planet has been formed, how the universe is expanding and we were just restricting ourselves into that particular process where planet was a part, then the, the, the universe was a part, the Meteors were apart, so how that that physical aspect of that origin of the the planets have taken place. But in today, as I mentioned, or as we concluded in the last week, we just mentioned we just wanted to know how life existence has come into place. It's really so amazing to see all these kind of various birds and plants and you know the the the, the humans and different other animals. How does it come? Or what is the basis of it? Some people talk, some doesn't talk, some make sound, some doesn't, some can see, some can know, some can send eventually ultimate signals to kilometers and their you know their, their hearing system works like a like a transmitter receiver concept that human developed on the later phase. So these all things are kind of a myth or maybe kind of very very interesting things for us to further explain. So in order to know these concepts, we have to go back into the root. That means the evolution, that the process. So we just have to travel back to see at what forms we just come. It's very amazing if you, the scientists are coming up with uh, extreme data from various research processes which is happening around the world and the things are really interesting. So let me go through, uh, walk you through that process that just, just ask, uh, let me ask you one single question. What is life? The answer it's very simple. We know that as a human, you know, if you see, if you just, in some cases, even some definitions that didn't work, you can simply point to the person. Yes, human being. They are really alive. They're moving. They're breathing. They're sensing. They're hearing, listening. So there's life. But in the scientific perspective, we can define it as, uh, uh, you know, life is built out of billions of tiny molecular machines working inside a protected bubble. So I'm just leading you to the concept of a cell. So if you look into a human cell, you know, there are thousands and billions of human cells which are there in your body. Your skin is made of it. Your organs are made of it. Your every other uh, engineering has done from that particular tiny uh, small molecule. We call it a cell. So it can tap into energy, adapt to its environment, reproduce and evolve. So eventually, these two concepts are very, very important. It can adapt to energy because any kinds of energy, it can adapt, adapt into environments. I mean to say, say for example, it can take uh, the lights from the, from the atmosphere, maybe from the sun or maybe from other stars, and it can reproduce. That's a very important aspect because that's leading to the aspect of evolution in the later phase, and it can evolve. 
So in the right condition, the molecules from which life is built can emerge spontaneously. So let me uh, just uh, give you a small example from a scientific perspective. In 1953, Stanley Miller from the University of Chicago put hydrogen, methane, water and ammonia in a closed system. So his intention was to recreate the kind of condition. He assumed that these kind of conditions were existed in the past when the, 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 the earth was just just there it was hot and you know mildly hot at that point in time then what he did he heated and electrified this entire system and within days a slurry of amino acids simple organic molecule that are the basis of all proteins emerged so amazing so it's a kind of our life it is the basis we can say it's a chemical processes so we were able to create uh, or synthesize amino acid artificially in a lab environment which happened in, back in 1953. We now know that the early atmosphere was in methane and hydrogen but the results still stand. So what I'm trying to say here is under the right circumstances it could be either you know because we believe that the, the first part of tiny lively cells happened to appear in the deep ocean where the the volcanic activities are very very you know impressive i mean to say they were so active in the ocean floor so the scientists were just creating an artificial environment where he put all these ingredients like hydrogen methane and water the, um, and ammonia in a closed system and he electrified it he heated it then the, the basic life form has just generated. So, what we can say is this kind of atmosphere existed in the past. Earth had those circumstances, the right combination of temperatures and chemicals to allow for the emergence of life for sure. So, temperature was important for life's creation, but also for its maintenance. Moderate temperature are essential to life and earth as built-in system that maintain them. But now the, definitely the question goes in how? Because we are curious to know there are bigger animals, there are smaller animals. We also heard of the concept of evolution. So when all these happen? So just one more example, you know that when the rain falls, if suppose you are in a factory, you know, very uh, industrial area, sometimes you have the concept of acid rains. We know that these tiny rain particles carry some kind of uh, the uh, the acids or some other chemicals which is being uh, you know sent out from any of the smoky areas of these industrial plants so similarly in the past when the earth was just built up all these dust particles are really roaming around in the atmosphere falling rain contains carbon which eventually makes its way into the earth's mantle where it's stored for millions of years. Volcanoes periodically spore some of this carbon back into the atmosphere. Less carbon means less carbon dioxide and that means colder temperature. So when it's cold, it rains less. Less rain means that less carbon is stored away. Carbon dioxide levels build up and things get warmer. If it gets too warm, it rains more, which means more carbon is stored away and things cool down again. This self-regulation offers remarkable stability given that sun's warmth has been increasing for over 4 billion years. Our Earth has been able to cope but other plants haven't. 
Venus, for instance, contains huge amount of carbon dioxide and has a surface so hot it could melt lead. So for life, that condition never supports, yet was just right. The right condition, the right atmosphere, the right kind of environment surrounding it. So what were the earliest life forms like? So I, I don't know whether you are, most of us, uh, you know, in, in our uh, small classes, we have just heard about the process known as photosynthesis. But no one told me at that point in time how important that chemical process was in the evolution of life, in the creation, the first, you know, I mean to say, we are exploring the, the beginning. There, there was nothing. There's just a planet. It's just settling down. The right conditions are there. Just imagine I'm just taking you back to that era. So photosynthesis was an energy bonanza for early single cell life that helped spark the biological revolution. We all started from there. So early life forms known as prokaryotes are single cell organisms created in chemically rich volcanic vents on the ocean floor. So we are standing at the right point now. So Scientists somewhat saying that this is where the early life form has really occurred. That prokaryotes. Prokaryotes are tiny, a punctuation mark could hold a few hundred thousand of them. But they are still able to detect information such as heat and respond to it. So how did we get from these fairly simple creatures to more complex form of life? The evolutionary innovation of photosynthesis heralded the first energy boom in the history of life. Photosynthesis is that, you know, typically if you define it, it's a conversion of sunlight into biological energy. Suddenly, energy was almost limitless and prokaryotes were able to spread and proliferate. The amount of life in the early oceans increased around 10% of today's level. Three billion years ago, a form of photosynthesis evolved that produced oxygen. That was actually the transition point, we can say, because with a dramatic impact on the atmosphere, two and a half billion years ago, levels of atmospheric oxygen increased dramatically. Oxygen atoms began to form what we now call the ozone layer. So we know that with our ozone layer, the existence of life is not possible because the cosmic rays and the ultraviolet rays which comes from the, the from the sun totally kills and it completely wipes out the human and other uh, livelihood here in this part of the planet. So the ozone layer protects us from the massive radiation which is coming from the cosmic areas. Up until this point, the air surface had been pretty much sterile. The newly oxygenized atmosphere was bad news for most prokaryotes as it was poisonous to them. And oxygen holocaust, we call it, you know, we, we heard about the, the uh, you know, the, the German holocaust, of course, where during the Nazis period. But uh, even if you are going back to the biological era when the life was just growing up, scientists are saying that there was a oxygen holocaust because the because of the process which was happening the tons and tons of toxins were thrown out but of course as the one good thing was we were protected that a complete layer was formed out in the atmosphere which protects the uh, violent rays which is coming out from the from the sun but this oxygen uh, presence was not a good thing for the the the, the formation of life 
So the prokaryotes, which we are now right now calling, was, uh, you know, trying to to evolve into a different dimension. But prokaryotes cannot uh, survive this oxygen percent because it's, it's really poisonous for them. So there was an oxygen holocaust and the prokaryotes that survived retreated to the deep ocean. Meanwhile, oxygen caused lower temperatures. There's other things happening, which is again becoming conducive atmosphere. And uh, and for a hundred million years, Earth was converted covered in ice. This doesn't sound like a great outcome, uh, but Earth's self-regulation kept things in check while getting helping hand from eucalypts, new organisms that could suck oxygen out of the air which helped to raise and stabilize the atmospheric temperature. Eukaryotes were special for another reason, of course it's sex, because up until now organisms had simply copied themselves, but eukaryotes mixed their genetic material with those of a partner. This was hugely important because it meant that a small genetic variations were guaranteed for each generation. With more variation to play with, evolution suddenly had more options. Suddenly, things were speeding up. So, we also know that, you know, in the beginning of uh, that particular period where dinosaurs were just roaming around and ruling the world, that at that point in time, human was not, you know, not existed. That's what the scientists are saying. But we also have to know that evolution and the extinction of dinosaurs have the big forms of life develop that would eventually lead to humanity. There was a part, like a transition point. With the right conditions as, uh, as well as benefiting from the energy boost of photosynthesis and the ability to deal with oxygen, single-cell organisms were able to evolve into much more complex or multi-cell beings. Plants, fungi and eventually animals developed and spread from the ocean into the land. The emergence of photosynthesizing plants on land, which consumed a vast amount of carbon dioxide and released oxygen, created the high oxygen atmosphere that is essentially what we live and breathe today. The emergence of life on land impacted evolution. Gravity isn't a problem in water, but it land plant needed to be able to stand up. They require rigid materials and internal plumbing system to move liquids against gravity through their bodies. In a similar way, animals develop bumps, like our heart, to circulate nutrients. Life also became slowly more intelligent as a result of evolution. Natural selection promoted information processing because information, like knowing whether another creature is a threat or whether a plant is safe to eat, is key to success. An antelope that snuggles up with a lion isn't going to be around long enough to pass its gene on. But it wasn't just evolution that enabled major steps forward for the development of forms of life that would eventually lead to humans. The extension of dinosaurs was also great news for mammals. The time was up for dinosaurs in a matter of hours when 66 million years ago a large asteroid hit the Yucatan Peninsula is what now Mexico. The asteroid generated dust clouds that blocked out the sun creating a nuclear winter and producing deadly acid rain. 
Half of all planet and animal species died out, while larger creatures such as dinosaurs suffered more, probably because they required more energy to survive and that energy was now so much harder to get. Why this was good for mammals? Mammals tended to be small, redundant-like creatures and unlike large dinosaurs, they survived because they wanted less energy. With dinosaurs gone, they were able to flourish and one group of mammals that thrived were primates. Normally when we talk about primates, mostly scientists say that humans actually evolved from primates and made a major breakthrough with the development of language. That was the, the kind of uh, reason people say that we thrived and now we are ruling the world. So let me ask you a question. How old are we as a species? By the standards of the universe, we are extremely young. It was just the last six million years. I'm remembering that the universe is 13.8 billion years old and the first large living organism arrived 600 million years ago. So we are just six million years old. We humans have gone our own way, evolving separately from primates. The first difference was that yearly humans walked on two legs. A change from our knuckle-drained primate predecessors that had multiple effects on our development. To walk on two legs required narrower hips, for example, which means that yearly humans often birth babies not capable of surviving on their own that encourage parenting and sociability. Yearly humans have also gradually evolved. Two million years ago, Homo erectus learned how to use tools and control fire. Cooking food means less digestive work. Our gut shrank and we had more energy available for our brains. But a really spectacular change came with Homo sapiens just a few hundred thousand years ago in the past. What makes Homo sapiens as radically different? The answer is very simple. It's the language. Of course, other animals can communicate. If suppose chimpanzee communicating, birds are communicating, cats have their own communication system. In experiments, chimps have, been, have even learned a few hundred words. But this communication is very limited. An animal may be able to warn another for danger in, in the immediate vicinity, but it can't warn of a lion pride five miles to the south. Language enables complexity and precision of information sharing that proved to be a game changer because it's permitted collective learning. The accumulation and passing of knowledge from human to human and generation to generation. This unleashed a feast of new information allowing for a breakthrough in the efficient use of energy and resources as well as advanced form of leisure. Knowledge accumulated through language enabled better use of resources and therefore population growth. 3000 years ago, there were around 500,000 humans. 10,000 years ago, there were 5 to 6 million. That represents a 12-fold increase in population and as a 12-fold increase in total human energy consumption. 
by this point in our history, humans were spread across the globe. From Siberia to Australia, small communities enjoyed varied diets, decent health, storytelling, relaxing, dancing and painting. So in this series, we've just seen that how the, the tiny particles are, are just happened to see on the seafloor on top of the volcanoes and how that oxygen holocaust was creating the, the disaster, but how that again, you, the earth has that self-controlling power to bring back that kind of, so there is a magic, of course, which is happening on the, on the earth. And after that, we have seen that how primates have evolved, how the dinosaurs are perished by the asteroid hit. And that, that's too in the you know, present day, the scientists are saying it was on Mexico. So from there, the mammals, uh, this came to happen, the dinosaurs perished and the mammals started to go up. They were absolutely small creatures. They didn't want more energy to survive. So from there on, that. The, the, the journey is on, the Homo erectus, the Homo sapiens. Now we are on the stage of, you know, building up our language. So good to have all of you here. I'm so glad that every week you are giving me so much of energy to sit back here in my home during a weekend and make this episode for all, for all of you. Because most of the time I'm just wondered uh, because I could see that some of the listeners are from, you know, it's not based on my, uh, you know, uh, base here in the Middle East and I have a connection with my, my parenting country back in India. But most of my listeners are coming from various other occasions. So I think that the purpose of this podcast is almost done because my, my purpose is to connect the places, the people, the language and to, to make a difference in our beautiful earth so that people understand what exactly and how exactly they have to behave and bring that consciousness. And that's why we are saying that the things that matters. So today we are revolving a new era, a new chapter, and on the next episode, we will go back and see how the, the further developments of human history has evolved and making us so powerful and what making us to rule this world. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.